Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. Really excited uh, to be here today. My name is Mark Summers. I am the broker owner of Priority Mortgage Lending here in Michigan, um, along with, uh, you know, luckily, you know, and I, I love saying this, that I'm the president of AIM. You know, I mean, it's an honor to be able to say that. And today I'm going to be interviewing someone who is legitimately, you can you can call her one of the goats of our industry. And I, and I truly say that. I don't, I don't use that word too many times, but she truly is. So today I have the privilege of interviewing Melanie Wahlberg, who is the broker owner of Destiny Mortgage Lending. Melanie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, no problem. So I'm really excited about today. I know you're uh you're, you're a heavy hitter, big producer, um, really good at what you do. You've been through it all. Um, so I just want to just have a great conversation with you because I'm telling you, anyone who listens to this podcast, this specific podcast is is going to get something from it from Melanie. I promise you that. So Melanie, t- give us, give us, uh, so everyone can kind of get to know you. I know a lot of our industry knows you, but they're, you know, let's just be honest. We can't meet everyone. So give us a little background on yourself. Tell me how you got started in this industry. Just give me everything that you can. All right. So um, I got started in the industry way back in the 1900s, as my daughter says. My daughter always says, you guys are so old. Y'all got married in the 1900s. Okay. Anyway, um, off topic. But um, I started in the industry in 1995, uh, end of 1995. I was a receptionist. I was at a receptionist at a mortgage company. Um, and back then I was hired, um, and I was told point blank that I was cute and I was just hired for my looks and they needed somebody to answer the phones, greet people when they came in. And when they had their golf outings, they needed to drive the uh, golf cart to drive the, the, the people around. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so, but that quickly morphed. So this, this is the great thing about the mortgage industry. If you just are, whatever position you're in, if you're a janitor, if you're a receptionist, if you're just there and you soak up as much knowledge as you can, the sky is the limit. So I started out as a receptionist. I didn't even know what a mortgage was. I, yeah. I mean, literally I, I knew nothing. Um, but I, I listened, I learned, um, and I grew and it got to the point where my boss was so comfortable in me doing my job and his job that he just decided to go play golf more often. He was gone like two days a week going to play golf. And then the big wig came in from Dallas, Texas one day. Um, it was a surprise visit from the corporate office. And, um, he sat there all day in the office waiting for my boss to come back in and my boss never came back in. So he said, I know it was crazy. He said, so Um, Who does his job when he's out playing golf? And I said, I do. And the next day my boss was fired. I was promoted. It just kind of skyrocketed from there. But um, yeah, I know know you didn't ask for all that, but I wanted to just mention that because really in the mortgage industry, the sky is the limit. I mean, I could see somebody being a janitor for a mortgage company and just showing up at the end of the day and eavesdropping on loan officers and processors and learning and just growing. You can grow from whatever you're starting in the mortgage industry. That's great about this profession. It, it truly is. There's so much room, whether just like you said, you're you're at the bottom, 
you can work your way up when you're at the top you can continue to get better i mean there's there's really there's not a ceiling in, in our industry so okay so you you get promoted now was this was this a broker shop no, it was uh, it was it was a company called Remodelers National Funding. All they did, and they were I think they were only in business for like a year, maybe two years tops. Uh, but all they did was finance construction loans for builders. It was directly to builders. Um, so I was promoted to the management position there. Um, and then like four months later, it was pretty quick. The company merged with another company, became First Plus Financial, which was a retail shop doing. Um, 100 and people always laugh when I, I can't even say it with a straight face anymore. We were doing 125% loan to value second mortgages, charging 10 points on every file. Wow. All we did was second mortgages up to 125% loan to value. The former um, Miami Dolphins quarterback, Dan Marino, he was our spokesman and he was on commercials all the time. All you need is a phone. You don't need equity. All you need is a phone. We had our T-shirts that said, you don't need equity. All you need is a phone. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, it was a great transition because I was under a salary contract for being the manager. So they had to uphold that salary contract. But then I also morphed into a loan officer position doing these 125% second mortgages charging 10 points, <laughs> uh, which is insane to, by today's standards. Um, but I also got commission. So it was kind of awesome because I was guaranteed this salary package from a previous position. And now I was also getting commission. And we were doing like, I, I was doing like immediately like 30 loans a month. I mean, it was just easy. Um, but, you know, eventually the government shut that down. I went to work for a broker and uh, that worked for a while until I realized they were getting way too much money. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing all the work and, you know, the, the, the owner of the company was out gallivanting all the time. I'm like, eh, this is not right. So 2005, I started my company, Destiny Mortgage Lending, named after my baby girl at the time, Destiny. Um, and it's been great. Um, you know, there's, I posted yesterday on the, on the brokers are better, um, Facebook group that to pivot, that's kind of what we're saying in the office right now, me and my other loan officer, like pivot, we got, th things are changing. We got to pivot, got to pivot and it's okay. You know, there was a book a while back. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Something like the, uh, the, the mouse can't find the cheese because the cheese got moved. You know, I don't know. Just go find new cheese. You know, right. um, if, if you work hard, you have good ethics, good morals. Uh, there's always ways to, to grow and make things work. You just have to lean in and pivot. Pivot. I like that, especially in this time right now. So, okay. So Destiny, Destiny Mortgage has uh, been around a while. So, Let's talk about longevity here, okay? Um, I think it's, you know, if, if you're, as you said, if your heart's in the right place, you work hard, this, this business is a longevity business. If you're looking for the low-hanging fruit and just waiting for rates to come down, right? Because that's all you can, you're not going to survive. I'm sorry, you're just, you're just not going to. So we did have this 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 turn in rates, you know, the, the little spike that we had, even though I just quoted a, darn good rate. You did something and that I did as well. And I want to hear your take on it. You went through the market crash of 08. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Mark, not only did I go through the market crash of 08 and times were so lean, leaner than I'd, I'd ever thought possible. But then my son got married in 2009. And I remember the call. He called me. He's like, so we've picked a restaurant and, you know, the groom's parents are supposed to pay for this, 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 and this is a really nice restaurant. Can you pay for the rehearsal dinner? 
And literally, like Mark, my, my jaw hit the floor because I, I really wanted to say to him, why are you getting married right now? Like <laughs> now, like there's no money coming in. <laughs> right. So, um, oh, yeah. So that was in 2009. 2009, I mean, the, the, the turning point was 2008. But for me, it really hurt in 2009. Um, I guess we, I just floated and things were okay for 2008. But 2009, things came to a head. I mean, I ended up. Uh, honestly, I was um, living on retirement money. I was pulling money, you know, event, you know, there was money. I had savings. So you went through savings, you went through savings, and then I pulled out retirement. Um, I shed a lot of tears during that time. And uh, last um, last September at Fuse, I was able to speak at the Women's Mortgage Network Summit there. And I told the ladies in that room, I'm like, if you haven't experienced a downturn, you got to plan for it because it's an ebb and flow. It's not a matter of uh, if, it's a matter of when. Right. This industry is always going to be changing and evolving. Loan programs are going to change. Interest rates are going to change. The market's going to change. The housing inventory is going to change. So you have to be prepared for the lean times. I literally pointed at the ladies in that room and fuse and I said, save, 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 save. Because even as I learned myself, you can't have too much money in your savings account. So when times get tough, you need to be able to lean on that and hopefully not have to do like I did and withdraw money out of a retirement account to pay for a child's rehearsal dinner. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> when it, that's when it smacks you in the face, right? Yes. Yes. And I don't want to go through that again. So, um, you know, this, the writing was on the wall a few months ago that the rates were going to be going up and, and um, you know, that we had to pivot. Pivot. That's my new favorite word. We got to pivot just to make things work. There was another post a couple of weeks ago in the uh, BAB Facebook group. And, uh, somebody had said, uh, now that interest, you may have saw this, Mark, but uh, now that interest rates are rising, what are you guys going to do for a side hustle? Did you see that post? I, I did not. No. I, I, I literally, I rolled my eyes and I was like, side hustle? Like, why is that even an option? Why are you even thinking about it? So I posted on, on that guy's post and I said, learn how to make money, sell, sell mortgages or change industries. It's not like we should, you know, we're going to be successful mortgage brokers and go sell Avon or, you know, what, I mean, it, I'm not going to get a side hustle. I'm right. just going to keep making money and, and, and shoot for 2022 to be bigger and better than 2021. I don't care what the markets are doing. I don't care what the interest rates are doing. Um, it's all about, uh, your work ethic, your connections, and finding ways to get more loans. Today's episode is brought to you by Lead Pops, the only full-service mortgage marketing platform designed specifically to maximize lead generation and ROI. Lead Pops started by developing lead conversion technology for big players like Zillow and Bankrate. Now they've made that world-class technology available to you. See why thousands of brokers and originators have chosen Lead Pops as their solution to generate exclusive leads and take control of their digital marketing. Head over to the market in the AIM member portal at app.brokersarebetter.com to find Lead Pops profile and get connected today. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, you you got to hustle a little more. You have to be a little bit creative, you know. Right. And and when you're when you're talking about okay, go get more loans, right? And it's easy to say that, but you also have to have a little bit of a plan. And I know you and I spoke spoke before this, and, and all you got to do is just look at it right now. What time are we in right now? We're in tax time. Right. right. So, I mean, are you picking up what I'm putting down here? It's like 
you need a CPA, you need a tax account, someone who does tax preparation. Now, to give you a little background, the company uh, that that I was with, uh, you know, and, and partnered with, uh, my partner also had a tax business. So literally, that was low hanging fruit right there. That's Everyone funny. brought in their their statements, you know, their 1098s, and it was here. And it, a lot of them show the interest rate, and it was, oh, we can do better. Or have you thought about this? So are you utilizing that right now? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of brokers, um, I guess they just don't think outside the box. Maybe that comes with age. Wisdom comes with age and, and I'm young. <laughs> I'm old. Uh, but um, yeah, you have to think outside the box. You know, this business does not boil down to just uh, buying leads or real estate connections. There's a lot of other opportunities. CPAs is a good one. I told my loan officer last week, um, I asked her who her CPA was. She told me who it was. I said, do you ever get any leads from, from him? And she said, no. And I said, then you're using the wrong CPA because literally the CPA, all they have to do is on your behalf when they're looking at a tax return going, okay, this person seems to be paying a whole lot out in mortgage interest. So they probably have a high interest rate or even better. The CPA says, you've got more than one mortgage you probably should think about consolidating these two together into one. Here's Melanie's phone number. Call her so she can uh, work on saving you some money on your mortgage. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're not getting leads from your CPA, you're probably using the wrong CPA because that CPA is probably giving leads to a different loan officer. You're 100 percent right. Yep. Yeah. So um, but yeah, tax season. Um, I mean, immediately, immediately, everybody should be reaching out to their CPA, whoever they're paying to do their tax return, whatever you know, broker owner is paying to do their tax return, reach out to the CPA right now and go, hey, if you see a tax return and it looks like they're paying inflated mortgage interest, let me help them save money, it, you know, send them my phone number. Um, and if they, for sure, if they've got two or three mortgages and a lot of people do it blows my mind that people have, some people have two or three mortgages. Um, and if CPA sees that, why, you know, there's no reason in the world why the CPA would not be giving out my, my contact information so I can consolidate all those together. Um, and it doesn't matter what the interest rates are. If, if mortgage rates on a 30 year mortgage go to four and a half percent, and Joe Smith has a first mortgage at 2.75 and a second mortgage that's adjustable. And he's got a third small lien for solar panels or to put in a new air conditioning system. The combined total new interest rate, even if I gave him a 4% interest rate, it's still saving over what the three mortgages are right now. So you have to think outside of the box. Um, loan officers need to some, especially some of, the, some of the newer, younger loan officers that are green, they need to learn how to sell. Don't be looking for a side hustle. Learn how to sell so you can keep the current job you have now, because it wasn't easy going through this training and doing the SAFE Act and all the, the right. testing to be an originator. So do something with it. Grow and thrive. Think outside the box. So, so perfect. So perfect. I mean, you, you have to. I mean, like, I've said this and I really haven't released exactly what I'm doing, but we thought outside the box and we're not going after realtors anymore. Like we're done. You know what I mean? So we go after companies now, you know, and I then we do, we do these lunch and learns and this is in monthly mortgage minutes. And so now we are the face and then they come to us for, I, so that that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not bringing it up because I'm not trying to sell it by any means, but it's just, you have to think outside the box. There's yeah. so many of us out there right now. There's over a hundred thousand licensed originators out there. We, right. we, you can't do the same thing. 
every time. Right. And, you know, um, I, I, Matt Eshbia had a great call yesterday and he mentioned, you know, that refinance volume is going to go down. We already know refinance volume is going to go down. But think outside the box there with the refinances. I mean, there's not only is there the CPA Avenue uh, consolidating multiple mortgages, higher rate mortgages into one loan. Um, I've got two refinances that I'm working on right now that are divorce situations. So if you have connections with local divorce attorneys, I mean... I was just going to bring that up because I have a buddy who's a, he's a divorce attorney, you know, and then it's also that education side of things. And, and obviously, you know, that you can go over 80% loan to value on Fannie to, to do a spousal buyout. That's I mean, right. That, that's and, huge. And, I, and I actually, and funny that you mentioned that one of the refinances that I'm doing right now, another mortgage broker denied them because they told her that she could not go over 80% loan to value on a cash out refinance. Okay, cool. Thanks for telling them that because I'm doing that loan and we're closing it in two weeks at an 88% loan to value and it's cash out because it's a divorce buyout. Yep. And it's priced as a rate and term. Exactly. So, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's another thing though with the, the newer loan officers or people that are, you know, struggling to get business, find business, retain uh, referral partners. You really do need to know the guidelines. If you're having a conversation with a divorce attorney or a real estate agent or whatever, you don't you really don't want to say, well, I don't know. Or in that broker situation, we can't do it. There's, you cannot do a cash out refinance over 80%. They lost that loan. I'll get that 7,000 commission. I'm cool with that, but <laughs> they could have had it. They could have had it because they didn't know the guidelines. Take a minute, learn the guidelines. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's all, all the tools that we need to be successful are in place. That's so, right. So now, you know, I know we've been talking about how to maybe get a little few referrals here for longevity, but there had to have been more to it. You know, we'll call it you were surviving and then you pivoted <laughs> and yeah. now you're obviously thriving. You're one of the top 1% of, of loan officers in uh, Georgia. Um, your 2021 loan volume was what, 60 over 60 million? Yeah. And, 2020 and, and 2021. Yeah. Good. Wow. That, those are, those are some, those are some big numbers right there. Well, so, and you know what? And I, I, I never look at those numbers. I told the ladies this at, at, in Vegas as well at women's mortgage network, like we're in Georgia, like this is, you know, in California, you could probably do 10 loans <laughs> and make the same volume as what, you know, I don't know, 30 loans would be here. So, um, so I don't really focus on the volume. 60 million for a, for a loan officer or an originator that's in California, they may roll their eyes when they see that or hear that and go, that's nothing. But in Georgia, it's actually a lot because our, our loan amounts are small here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I ever look at, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you volume that I, that I personally did. Um, all I do is I focus on, and, and it sounds corny, but it's true because it gives me fulfillment. I like how you had, you had a, you close over 260 loans is I just worry about how many loans I close. Exactly. That's all I care about. Cause in my head, I go, I help 260 families. Me too. It's all about the units. It's all about the number of transactions and the people that we're helping every one of those transactions. So I did 260 last year, or 265. I don't remember. Um, each one of those is a potential referral connection for other clients. So um, even if we end up doing a tiny, tiny, I did one 50, I closed a $55,000 loan amount two weeks ago. And that guy, uh, he was very happy. And I know he's going to send me referrals. Did I make any money on that loan? No, but I helped him where nobody else would. And he's going to send me some referrals. So, um, so yeah, it's all about the units because every unit you do is a potential referral for their family and friends, coworkers. 
Exactly. So with your surviving and then thriving, besides maybe going, thinking outside the box, what else did you do to get to these numbers? I mean, like there's got, I, I don't want to call it a secret sauce, but there had to have been a pivot. Uh, that's our key word for the day. Pivot that you did something and, and now you're just blown up. Can you put your finger on anything? Yes. So the first thing that I did was I realized there was a real need um, for honest communication. It's something so incredibly basic. You would think, that we're all wired and programmed for that. Apparently we aren't because many, many years ago, uh, the first real estate agents that I connected with, I kept, um, I, I sent emails. I still, to this day, I send milestone emails. Uh, you know, the closing disclosure has been issued. Um, and I send that to the buyer's agent and to the listing agent. I cannot tell you how many times I just got an email response last week from a listing agent that says, uh, that said, thank you so much for letting me know that the buyer's CD went out. This is very refreshing. I have never notified when this happens. I'm like, what? what? Okay, well, that's great. That's great for me um, because apparently the listing agents are just getting word of mouth from the buyer's agent or just hoping and assuming that it closes on time. Why would you not keep the listing agent involved? You know, it, there's personal things for a buyer that the listing agent can't know about. But when it's milestones, like the appraisal's in and the value's good. They, they like to know that, you know, the, apparently the other loan officers aren't telling them that um, the closing disclosure went out. Closing is in two weeks, but the buyer is signing the closing disclosure today. Thanks, Melanie. That's so refreshing. Uh, but I mean, the communication is key. Um, and I have won over real estate agents um, from other loan officers that didn't have that level of communication. So even on the listing agent side, when they think it's refreshing, that's what the word she actually used, refreshing, um, that puts me a step above even their current preferred lender. Because if their current preferred lender isn't communicating and operating at that standard, who's going to be the new preferred lender? That's right. You know, so communication is key. I mean, Todd Bitter says, you know, answer your damn phone. Well, okay, that's true, but it's it's a step above that. Not only do you want to answer your phone and field all of the real estate agent and buyer calls, um, but you have to keep the real estate agents in the loop throughout the loan process. If it's a real estate agent you've worked with for a long time, they trust you, like the ones that I've been working with for years and years. They don't even need the milestones anymore because they know we're always going to close on time. But they're so used to getting it um, that, you know, I still do it. And I'm always copying new listing agents on those milestone emails, um, which puts me a step above the competition. Communication is really everything in a transaction. Closing on time, um, not burdening the borrower with unnecessary paperwork. I'm not going to ask for tax returns from the borrower if the tax returns aren't needed. Ask for just the minimal documentation you know that the underwriter is going to ask for, which there again is knowing the guidelines and knowing what the underwriter is going to ask for. You need to, you know, if, the, if you know the underwriter is going to want a divorce decree, ask for it up front. Um, right. But don't ask for excess junk. You know, if you don't need tax returns, don't get tax returns. You don't need six weeks worth of pay stubs. Some loan officers still do that. Um, well, just in case, you know, just in case we're going to get six weeks worth of pay stubs, three months of bank statements, two years of tax returns, just in case. Okay, well, if that borrower calls me while you just ask for all that stuff and I tell that borrower, no, you don't need to provide all that stuff. All I need is an ID uh, most recent pay stub and most recent W-2, who are they going to want to go with? Right. So it's it's all about the experience for the borrower uh, and for the real estate agent. The borrower wants an easy, 
uh, transaction with the lowest cost and the lowest monthly payment. That's all they care about. Lowest cost, lowest monthly payment, easy process. All the real estate agent wants, uh, real estate agent could care less about the interest rate, the payment. They don't care. All real estate agent cares about is uh, good communication, uh, keeping them informed throughout the process and closing on time. Simple, but it's, but yet so effective. Yeah. Yeah. You would think it would be like no brainer, like, you know, mortgage 101, you know, good communication, keep everybody in the loop, do the best job you can for borrowers, for the real estate agents. But it, apparently it, it's lacking, at least in Georgia. I mean, I guess that's good for me that it's lacking the <laughs> communication skills with other loan offices are lacking because that makes me look great. Um, and I don't spend hours out of the day calling people and going, here's where we're at. You know, I just do, I have an email template, you know, appraisal is in, value is good. Um, you know, same thing with CV, closing disclosure goes out, copy both agents on it. They love that. Um, so it's little simple things, you know, that puts you a step above the competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you also help kind of for the broker side has helped put us a step above is you were a member of Brawl. Yeah. Now, for people that don't know, Brawl, God, was it 2017, towards the end of 2017, uh, there was a little movement, a little grassroots movement called Brawl, and it stands for Brokers Rallying Against Wholetail Lending. Now, I go to UWM and speak at their success track every week. Um, it's uh, it, it's important that we know what this stands for and what wholetail lending is. And for, for people that don't know what it is, it's, it's this simple. If I help someone, this is hotel lending. I help someone close on a loan today. I send it to a, a not a partner. Let's just say some janky lender who also has retail and not a true true aim partner. Uh, they then give it to the retail six months later to call and try to get them to refi or purchase a home. So brawl started, and you were a part of that. So with that being said, I know you remember. How have you seen the wholesale channel change since that moment? Oh man, um, it's changed a lot. Um, and, and the funny thing about the early days of Brawl, um, I didn't even know really what I was getting into. I'm like, this sounds like something I need to be in um, just to protect my own pipeline going forward. I had no idea, Mark, that when I stepped into Brawl, I was also going to be making lifelong friends, lifelong referral partners from across the country, like the whole AIM organization. It has snowballed into something I could have never thought imaginable. I and it's been great. But in the beginning, um, it was kind of funny because the some of the lenders would call and, you know, like they always do. I'm sure you get bombarded by lenders still. Oh, yeah. too, you know, you want to sign up with us? And I would say, well, where are you on the brawl spectrum? 99% of the time, there's like dead silence on the other end of the phone. So they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> what is brawl? <laughs> so, so I had to explain to these lenders what brawl is and then tell them, you know, after you figure it out internally where you stand on the brawl spectrum, give me a call back and then we can have a conversation. Yep. So it was a great way to start filtering out the lenders that I wanted to work with um, or I knew that I didn't want to work with um, to, to see where they were. And and sometimes the, I had one lady, she called me back like three weeks later. Uh, we talked three weeks ago about you getting set up. I wanted to see if you thought any more about it. And I said, well, did you figure out where you stand with Brawl? And she's like, no, I don't know. And I said, well, then I know that if you didn't put that legwork in to find out, we're not going to be doing business together. Right. So, no. 
Um, so brawl, uh, brawl was hugely important because uh, our pipelines, I mean, like we just discussed, you do 200 something closings a year. Those are additional referrals. And those people come back to you when they need to buy their next house or refinance or whatever. So the fact that the, a lender would have the opportunity to basically take that client and move it to their retail division and then you lose the client, that's huge. Um, so I was, uh, really, really glad that Matt Ishbia turned me on to Brawl because <laughs> I didn't know anything about Brawl until Ishbia told me about it. And, um, it was a huge movement to be involved in and it's has snowballed tenfold and, uh, it, it's aim and the brokers are better movement now is completely different from where Brawl started, but Brawl in my mind is still extremely important when it comes to getting signed up with lenders, because you want to make sure you're signing up with the right lenders, not a lender that's got retail ads all during the Super Bowl and is going to take your clients from you. Um, it's really important. Yeah, no, it's 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 extreme. It's so important. And that's why I just always try to educate people about it, you know, and and, you know, Brawl kind of morphed into, you know, the Brokers Are Better Facebook group page because a lot of people are really active in the Brawl Facebook group page, which I don't even think it exists anymore. Um, it morphed into the Brokers Are Better Facebook group page. So you you've been a part of it from the from the very beginning to to now. What is what's your favorite part? of how it morphed and, that, and like what happens now on the brokers are better Facebook group page. Um, my favorite part now is the fact that I've had the opportunity to bond with so many brokers across the country. Mm. Um, before I even went into the brawl group, um, I felt like I was all by myself. You know, I, of course I knew I wasn't, but I didn't have any connections. I didn't even know any other mortgage broker. I'd never met another mortgage broker. I assumed none existed. <laughs> which is, no, I, I knew they existed because of course they wouldn't be wholesale lenders if there wasn't a bunch of brokers. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't know anyone. I'm in rural Georgia. I'm probably the only one here. I don't know. Um, so becoming a part of that movement, I had, I really had no idea. It's kind of like when you decide, Mark, you're going to have a baby, like, oh, we're going to have a cute little baby. You have no idea what that really is going to entail. Right. 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 Um, but it was the same thing with Brawl. I'm like, okay, uh, Matt thinks that's a good idea. I'll get in it. I had no idea how amazing it was going to be to be a part of the community. Um, I mean, you get to you get to bounce off of ideas off of like-minded people. Some of my best friends um, are are brokers across the country, and we even go to each other's events. Um, Skylar Welch had her grand opening or her one year anniversary of her grand opening last fall. And I went to Maine to be there because I love her. Um, so a lot of us have gotten really tight and we support each other and we bounce ideas off of each other. We help to grow. We send referrals to each other um, for states we're not licensed in. Um, and uh, being a VIP member of AIM has which is, that's a new thing. Um, but it has been crucial, pivotal, it's been pivotal. Um, because once you're a VIP member of AIM, then you can also get referrals from AIM. So I, I had no idea what it was going to be like to join the movement and, and what it has morphed into with um, Brokers Are Better. Um, but it has been amazing. And now I don't even know. It's like, you know, when I started doing mortgages 100 years ago and we did everything by fax and then PDF came out and it's like, you know, FedEx actually called me one day. I'm like, we, you don't use your account anymore. I'm like, 
Uh, no, because there's this thing called PDF. It's yep. free. Um, so you just don't know until you start doing it a better way, doing things a better way, how awesome it can be. So I could talk about that for about two hours. <laughs> how AIM has helped me and my business and helped me to thrive and grow. That Brokers Are Better Facebook group, uh, when it first converted over from Brawl, I don't, I don't even think there was 2,000 people in it. I don't even think there was 1,000 people in it. Wow. But it has morphed into a family, a family that, you know, if, you're, if you want to vent, vent. Um, if you need help, ask for help. Um, and, and it's, it's so great. It's so great to have that platform. I wish I had had that platform when I started my business in 2005, but I would have been that person. that's like, Hey, um, what's a jumbo loan? You know, like yeah. I, I knew nothing way back then. Um, so sometimes we see those questions and brokers are, are better. And I have the, the tendency to roll my eyes, go, that's mortgage 101. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute you know, 20 years ago, I would have asked that same question. Yep. So all we can do is be kind to everyone else. If we're kind and we're answering that new broker's question, that new broker in three years may be the one that's doing 200 loans a year. And they remember, oh, there's a child abduction alert. Um, that's not good. <laughs> I know it's been going off all day. They haven't found that child yet. Um, but anyway, um, that new broker that you you're helping by, you know, answering their question, which you, in the back of your mind, you may think that's a dumb question. They're, you know, the owner of their company should have already answered that for them or whatever. That new broker could, or that new loan officer could be that person that in three years has 500 loans a year and they're sending you referrals because they remember that you are the one that helped them. So be that person, be the good person, help. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always say. I, I, I've been to that point where I was a brand new loan officer. I've been at where, you know, five years, a new broker owner, just it's, it's easy to sit there and go, oh, I can't believe they don't know that. But then it's also just easier just to say, let me help them real quick. Cause then exactly. we're going to help someone else later on in life. Probably. And we were all new. I mean, sometimes we don't remember, especially me. Cause I'm really old. Don't I look good for being 700 though? You, you, you're not 700. You look great. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, it, sometimes, you know, that's us older brokers, you know, yeah, we, we have a tendency to roll our eyes, but, and it's hard to remember that we were all there. We were all a new loan officer at one point. Um, you know, we, we didn't know the guidelines. We didn't know what, what the loan programs were. Um, so it's great. It's so great to have that community where people can, you know, especially if you've got somebody waiting to hear back from you, you know, if somebody's called them and they're like, Hey, can I do a jumbo loan with 10% down? And the loan officer doesn't know. I mean, the fastest way they're going to get an answer is to throw it on. The brokers are better because within 15 minutes, they're going to get a couple of responses and they can go ahead and call the borrower back instead of waiting. Um, so it's a, it's a tremendous platform and, and I'm really pleased to see, uh, for you guys, I'm pleased to see how much it's grown and how successful it's been. I mean, it's, it's just a great organization and I cannot imagine there being an event, uh, in Atlanta, Las Vegas, Miami, wherever, and me not being there because the more shoulders you can rub with successful loan officers and brokers, the more potential referrals you can get. So it's just an amazing family organization. I, I consider you all family. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's a lot of things that AIM has to offer and a lot of things that we do, but the one thing, and I say pretty much, and every time I do a presentation, my most favorite thing about AIM is the community 
the side of it where, you know, I have a friend like you, I have a friend like Chris down in Texas. I have a friend like Skylar. I mean, all over the country never would have happened before. Never. Exactly. Well, and I didn't even know they existed. I would have never gotten to meet you. I would have never gotten to meet Skylar. Um, Christine Beckwith, uh, Jackie Dunlop. I mean, there's so many, so many, so that many are such good friends and, 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 and kind of share the same brain. Like if, you know, well, I'm thinking about doing this with my business. Have y'all done that? Have you tried that? Did it, how did it go? I mean, man, I would have loved to have that, that platform when I started my mortgage company. Uh, but I, I was on my own. I mean, I did everything on my own. There was nobody to ask questions and bounce ideas off of. Um, but as I've grown, my company's grown in last year and, um, and everybody else is pivoting and growing too. So it's so nice to have those family connections to help each other because all we're doing is helping each other to be successful. Keep going. So Melanie, the unfortunate thing here is I could do part, we should do part two of this community side of it because this is the part that I'm really passionate about as, as well. But there's one more topic I got, I, I have to get here because it's really important to me as well, which when you start talking about processes and procedures, okay, obviously with you doing 260 loans per year, you got to have probably some pretty good process, some procedure, and probably a great tech stack. So if you can kind of summarize maybe how you walk through your loan step-by-step step and what your tech stack looks like so everyone can try to copy you, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, well, it's always a work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, right now, um, I some loan officers, some some broker owners have delegated the, the disclosure portion, sending out disclosures or doing qualification letters. They've delegated out to loan officer assistants. I have not handed over that trust yet to a loan officer assistant. I mean, you got to keep in mind that for over 15 years, I was a one man show. Like right. um, I was the we, Todd Bitter. We called it, we called each other yin and yang because he was like the male version and I was the female version <laughs> of doing everything all by ourselves. Um, but I mean, I, he, the good thing for him is he wasn't doing the compliance portion and I was also doing the compliance and the wow. call reports and it, it was just too much. Um, so I hired and uh, now there's a team of five, um, of, of us here at destiny mortgage. Um, but I still have not relinquished that control. I still, um, process my own loan applications, review the credit reports, figure out the best loan program interest rate. I send my own disclosures and, uh, and, and figure out the pricing. And then the file um, is turned over to my processor. We, have, we use Trello. Um, uh, Monday is another good option for Trello. I think Monday is probably a little bit better than Trello, um, but we were already using Trello. Trello is free. Did you hear that? I, I heard free. Yeah. Me and free get along really well. Yes. Free is the right price. So, um, so we use Trello for the processing and it's literally just like moving a file, you know, the, the disclosures out, you know, then it's processor ready to order title. The, the file just gets moved from column to column until it's closed. Um, so it, it works really great. So on my end, I handle the front end stuff. Once the borrower uh, provides their documents, um, you know, the processor, orders title, orders appraisal, orders a VOE if it's necessary. It's usually not. Uh, submits file and underwriting, requests the outstanding conditions. Pretty much she takes it from there. So 
Um, so that frees up more time for me to try to get more loans in the door. So, I, so I'm not working seven days a week like I was two years ago. Um, I was working seven days a week, originating processing and doing compliance. Wow. And uh, I was making a lot of money, but there's a lot to be said for having time and being able to spend time with your family which I didn't realize how much I missed until now. Now I'm able to do it. I can even travel more, uh, which is so great um, because I can work remotely from anywhere. But then I can also just say, hey, you know, let my processor handle all this stuff that I don't want to do anymore. Uh, so it's it's really great. Um, it's really great having help. Eventually, I think Todd Bitter Todd Bitter's going to have to. He's just I mean, there's only so much. You can, there's only seven days a week. There's not going to be, if your volume goes up to 500 closings a year, it isn't like God's going to go, okay, I'm giving you an eighth day to handle that volume. I mean, right. it's just not possible. There's only so much you can do. So um, for me, I am just really glad that I took the leap and, uh, and, and ventured out of the solo model, which works great for some people, but, and it worked great for me for over 15 years. Um, but I, I really, really love having a processor now. Yep. My, my processor, I, I'll give her a shout out. Her name's Kelly. She, she runs me and she's the best. So, you know, yeah, if you have a good team and that's part of the team, you can yeah. do some good things. So uh, when it comes to tech, I know you brought up Monday. Um, what, what, uh, what, what other technology do you use? Um, so like what do you use for your LOS, POS, all that good stuff? Well, I'm still using Kellex Point, which I know really? is frowned upon by a lot of people. Yeah, I've been looking at Arrive, um, but Arrive is not integrated with my um, credit provider. They're working on that, apparently. Um, so it's kind of interesting being in rural Georgia. We had to fight to get good internet here. I'm not even kidding. Like literally I had to like dangle a carrot and tell the, the phone company, I'll pay you whatever you want to give you, to get me good internet. There's no other options for internet except through the local uh, phone company and podunk rural Georgia. Um, but the same thing was true for the credit providers. I could not get a credit. So to, to sign on with a new credit provider, you have to have an office inspection no one would come here. Not even kidding. No one would come here to do an office inspection. So, and of course it's, it was in COVID too. So that's probably part of it because I'm really far out in the boonies and COVID. So I've stuck with my credit provider that's worked for all along and I'm just waiting for Arrive to get caught up so that I can get on board. I think Arrive is superior to Calix Point. So by no means am I suggesting that anyone go get Calix Point because it is a dinosaur. Arrive is going to be far better. Uh, but I will tell you my newest um, tech gadget that I don't know how, I, you know, once you get a tech gadget, you're like, how did I live without this? Do you remember when you got your first smartphone? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how did we ever live without this? Okay. Well, that's how I feel right now about my remarkable. Do you, do you know what a remarkable is? Oh, that's the, that's the almost looks like an iPad and it has the feeling of writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a notebook. So just like Todd Bitter, him and I both, um, had stacks of legal pads. Like, you know, you talk to John Smith on Monday, you write down John Smith's scenario, what he's looking for, how much, you know, what you offered him, mm -hmm. uh, so you can take notes, you know, what rate you offered him, blah, 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 the payment, all that. Uh, well, now it's, I don't need stacks and stacks of legal pads and have to flip back through to see what I told him last Monday. I have it all in here and it's electronic and organized. I can send emails from here to my email. I can add templates in here. I can have a 1003 template. I have a calendar in here. 
Um, so it's kind of like a little miniature computer, but more a notepad for all. I mean, literally you can have books and books. I know a couple of authors right now that are writing books on this and you can wow. set your template. Like right now I have lines on here. There's, I don't know if you can even see the page lines, but a little bit, yep. but you can have a blank slate. You can make it a shopping list template. Like there's a gazillion templates to choose from anyway, off on a tangent, but that's my latest and greatest electric gadget. And I love it so much. I gave each one of my team members, all of my employees got one for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. It's, it's amazing. It's worth every penny spent. So I use, uh, I use the old, I use the old iPen. That's yeah. that's what that's this yeah. uh, this guy right here in my iPad. We uh, we live together quite a bit. Yeah. So that works too. That works too. Yeah, it's the same same exact concept. So well, listen, Melanie, rock star today. You were absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I took up way too much of your time, but I'm telling you, I knew you, and it's for the greater good of, of uh, for our community. And I know you thrive on that. And we just we love you. We appreciate everything you do, your accessibility, and sh thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing everything with us today. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime I can help, I'm here, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, Mark. Sounds good. So, brokers, if you want to get uh, caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the Broker to Broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can download podcasts. Do me a favor, get there, subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word that brokers are better. Melanie, you're one of them, hands down, one of the greatest, one of my favorites. So I have a lot of favorites, but that's okay. That's how many great people we have. But you're definitely up there, and I just really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Mark. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.